It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am your host, Jay Shear, and I am super excited today. I've got a fantastic guest with me in the studio. My guest today is a father of three, a grandfather, a native of Michigan, an Army veteran, and for over 25 years has served in local government. He earned a Master of Public Administration from Oakland University and a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from Alma College. You might also find him showing off his vocal prowess singing in barbershop choruses. Please welcome the city manager for the city of Flagler Beach, Dale Martin. Dale, it is so great to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Look forward to chatting with you. Me as well. And you can call me Jay for sure, but I certainly do appreciate you being here today. And I I know we're going to have a fantastic conversation. So Dale, I thought a good starting point for us would be for you to share with all of us what your favorite thing is about yourself and why. I love my job and nearly everybody that I run into um, professionally is like, I would not want your job. Um, it is uh, it's an exciting role to have in a community uh, to to immerse myself in the community. I'd like to think that I'm well on that way with Flagler Beach, uh, le- learning and highly respecting the the beach heritage of of the community, the small town feel. Uh, most of my career has been in relatively small towns. The largest towns were approximately twelve thousand with uh, Fernandina Beach and then uh, Winstead, Connecticut. But just to meet people like you, like other industry leaders, community leaders, uh, and try to build the vision and work with people. Um, that's probably, yeah, I live, sleep, and eat city management and local, politi- local government, not politics. There's a distinction between government and politics. Thank you for that. Yes. So, I, first of all, thank you for sharing that response. I love that. And, you know, as I was looking and doing some research on you and really trying to understand your, your background and all the different roles that you've had. You've had a number of of city management roles throughout your career. What would you say is your greatest strength or at least your top two or three greatest strengths? And and that could be things personally or professionally, whichever you choose to respond with. I think over the course of my career, a lot of people ask, what does a city manager do? And it's always an interesting question. Um, and what my response has been, and I shared this with the city commission during the interview process, um, is I'm a generalist. But what's really come into my mind as to what a city manager does, and it really hit home once I took the position in Flagler Beach, is I think the most critical role of a city manager is to build the sense of community culture. Mm. Um, again, I'm a generalist, so I will never be as as good at policing as Chief Downey or as good as sanitation as Mr. Rob Smith, or as good as finance with uh, Ms. Rhonda Allen. You know, but I need them to do the day-to-day job while I build the culture in conjunction with the city commission. And I think there are times when um, you build a culture with staff, you build a culture with the city commission, and you build a culture with the community. So I think that's, that's the most intriguing part of my job is, as I indicated before, immersing myself in community, getting a real feel for the pulse, the faster I can do that and realize I'm here to be part of the community. There's no agenda for Dale Martin to implement 
in the community. I don't want Dale Martin's vision. I want to somehow develop the vision that the community has and help the community achieve that. Interesting. So on the flip side of that, what would you say is your greatest area of improvement? So as you look at your strengths and what you've been able to do, you know, we also have to do some serious self-reflection on on how we show up to the world and the things that we are working to accomplish. What are the areas that you see maybe one thing that you're really working to improve upon for yourself? Keeping the uh, keeping my hand on the pulse of the staff as well and 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 letting go of some of the projects and and that was a lesson learned from the military is you have to trust your subordinates because I can't do anything. There are times when I feel like I want to do everything, um, but everybody gets challenged. A lot of times when people ask, well, how are things going or what's going on? And a common refrain without thinking about it is, well, things are busy. Well, everybody's busy in their own world, and I don't like to respond that way and imply that my busyness is more important than their busyness. Um, so you try to be a little more cognizant of how you respond to that. Um, but I think that's, that's the challenge that I have, especially coming into a new community um, that, that has a great, I like to use the phrase, we have a great blue collar staff, but we're lacking in the white collar, the management side. Uh, and so, so I need to build that culture and, and get the staff to take my hands off and let the staff do what they're good at. And, and say, okay, let's, we got to work together. Interesting. Yeah, that, that process of, of letting go and trusting that others are going to take those responsibilities and do the work that needs to be done to be successful in that so we all can, can thrive and grow together. That, that can be challenging at times, especially when you know, we, we, we think we, we may know the answer or can do something. We sometimes automatically want to jump in and just say, well, I, I, I can go ahead and handle that. Uh, but we also want to set others up for success and let them be able to experience and, and grow within their role as well. And obviously, we become stronger together, right? So what would you say is one of the greatest challenges that you have faced both let, let's start with the the biggest personal challenge that you faced and what you've learned about yourself through that and then also a professional challenge that you faced and kind of the same question so I, i'd love to know the challenge because we all face them right that's part of life but what did you learn about yourself as you worked through whatever those challenges were uh, personal challenge was uh, probably being an absent father. Um, okay. The girls, I have three daughters, as you indicated, um, age 30 and twins who are 25. Um, their mother and I divorced when the kids were young. Um, I think she did an excellent job of, of raising them. Um, so kudos to her for that. All the girls have turned out exceptionally well. Um, but yeah, that was a personal challenge is maintaining that relationship, um, You know, doing things that um, to to genuinely build the respect that as an absent father um, for my daughters, and I think that I've, I've, that's been a challenge over the course of their lives and my my role as their father. So I think that was the biggest challenge is making sure that yep, uh, professional respect and things like that, and um, they really didn't understand like most people what a city manager does. Um, 
but I, they've had more awareness of that. So I think that was the biggest personal challenge that I've had in my life is to to maintain a presence and serve as a role model, um, which at times I've struggled with, to be honest with you. Um, but I think I've, I'm in a good place with, with all three of my daughters at this point in time. So, so let, me, let me ask you a question. I, w- I just want to tug on something here before we move to the professional challenge as well. So obviously that's, that's, a, that's a big lesson to learn, right, and, and an important one to learn and then to, to grow from that. What were, what were some things that you did to help you come to the realization that I, I wasn't there as much as I would have liked to have been there. But how did you, what, what did you do differently to begin to balance that, balance that time out so you could be more of the father that you wanted to be versus being the absent father? I think sometimes young kids speak the truth more blatantly and openly that adults do. So a lot of it was listening to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your grocery store and all that. It's like, Dad, we don't have a quick trip to the grocery store because everybody's talking to you. You're talking to everybody. And it's like, yeah, recognize and understand that role of the father. Be there and listen to my kids um, and actually hear what they're saying instead of just listen, you know, listen and instead of actually hearing. So um, they, they've provided some great lessons um, from the youthful perspective um, that once you start to really hear and listen what they're saying, it, it can change your life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great, really great advice for all of us to pay attention to. So thank you for sharing that. So let's, let's go to the professional side. What, what is one of the, uh, the greatest professional challenges that you faced? And then what did you learn about yourself through overcoming that challenge? Probably growing into the role of a city manager because I have a somewhat unique career in that I've always served as the manager. I never came up through the ranks. Um, I was appointed as a city manager, actually a village manager in the small town of Lexington, Michigan, a town of 800. Um, Never started as an assistant manager or department director or come up through the ranks. It was like, boom, you're in the hot seat. Um, It was a challenge getting into the career. Um, I had the master's degree, as you indicated, so I had the education background. um, And I thought I had some of the best management leadership training through the military um, said, all right, getting a city manager job is going to be a walk in the park. Well, typically the first question always was, well, what's your, what's your budget experience? Well, I didn't have any. Um, and it was only due to uh, old World War II veteran, Ernie Jackson from the village of Lexington, um, who said, you know, this guy is an infantry officer. I know what it takes. And we owe this young man an, an interview. So thanks to Ernie Jackson, that launched my city management career. But I've never had actually a mentor. You know, my communities I've served have been relatively remote. Um, so I never had somebody right next door or somebody to lean on. So a lot of it's been learning from the staff um, and, and learning what their expectations of me. But that's been the biggest professional challenge is for the most part, it's like you're out on your own um, and you just have to rely on your faith and good common sense and you do what's right. And you you deal with the the repercussions from that, but that's you always do what's right, and you can you, you can never self doubt that. That's uh, another great nugget of information. Always do what's right, and part of that, of course, is knowing what the right thing is. Right, asking good questions and self exploration, and making sure that you understand what the 
the nuances of a situation are so you can make the right decisions and do the right thing. So what in your experience, and you've got a lot of experience here in this area, the sandbox that you're that you're in, what makes a stellar city manager? I mean, you started many years ago. You've been in, in local government for 25 years, let's say. And, you know, clearly you've learned a lot over those years. As you look back and as you look at where you started to where you are today, identify some things. Give us a, maybe a sense of what, a, what a, an incredible city manager is. What, 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 asp, what attributes do they have? I think the ability to listen, as we kind of hinted at before, okay. um, and and to kind of yeah, over time you build friendships just because of you know I've had some great friendships with city councilors or city commissioners um, over time, but the challenge also is when to put on the management hat, when to put on the friend hat, um, and that works also with staff. There's you know once you start working with people to the degree that that we work somewhat intimately with each other, friendships naturally grow. But at the same time, you you know you, you need to make sure you're not playing favorites with city commissioners. Uh, make sure you treat all of them equally um, with with information, with respect, um, and things like that. So that's that's probably a key thing with the city manager is yeah you can't um, you have to listen and and build that trust and confidence um, and be open for criticism. Um, have a thick skin. I remember when I took the job in Connecticut, the mayor's father came up and pinch the skin on the back of my hand and says, well, it feels thick enough. You should be able to do okay in this job. Wow. Well, I want to talk more about that when we come back. We're going to take a very brief break here to thank our amazing sponsors. You are listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves more than just average. It deserves Flagler Media. We specialize in innovative and dynamic marketing solutions tailored for mid-sized businesses with ambitious goals. Our team of experts are dedicated to helping you stand out from the crowd, drive growth, and elevate your brand. Ready to take your marketing to new heights? Choose Flagler Media, where we turn great ideas into remarkable results. Visit us at flaglermedia.com or call us at 386-227-6477. Flagler Media, exceptional marketing for exceptional business. This is Jay Shear. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur trying to figure out how to improve and achieve greater results? If so, I'm speaking to you. I provide the tools, coaching, and accountability you need to gain clarity around your personal and professional goals, remove the excuses holding you back, build the mindset, leadership skills, and proven strategies to grow your business and become the best version of yourself. To learn more or to apply for my coaching services, call 904-236-0431 or visit jshearbusinessconsulting.com. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. Me. 
All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I'm in the studio today with my very special guest, Dale Martin. Dale is the city manager for the city of Flagler Beach. We're having a great conversation, and we are going to continue that conversation right now. And before the break, we were talking about what it takes to be an exceptional city manager. And I was asking Dale, based on his own experience and his own growth as a city manager, what some of those attributes are. And we talked about the ability to listen, to build friendships, uh, to to not playing favorites and, and building trust and culture and all these important things and having a thick skin. So I, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously in the role that you are in and in the roles that you had had in the past before coming to Flagler Beach, you know, anytime you're in a position that has visibility, there is certainly the opportunity to have the general public either <laughs> – throw arrows or at least share feedback, comments, suggestions, etc. And it seems like often, especially with the rise of, of social media and with, with local governments using more social media platforms, that you're going to get all kinds of comments, right? So I'm curious how you personally handle comments like that. So if you if you get a negative comment – what? How does that impact you? Because you mentioned that you have to have thick skin. But I, I want to hear from you what that's like and how you process it. Uh, I think the easiest way is, um, yes, I have a small social media presence myself. Um, I'm not active on Instagram or TikTok. Um, my Facebook account is primarily for personal reasons, um, so I don't post political or, or city government on that. Um, I try to keep my friends and I kind of differentiate Facebook friends with a capital F, the real friends with the lowercase f. Um, I try to keep my friends on Facebook at 100. I call them my centurions um, because they're my real friends. And every few months, you know, I review it. New friend requests come in. Old friend, you know, it's like, all right, is it time to move somebody out? Um, but, yeah, a lot of it is, unfortunately, I agree with you. The, the, the rise of social media, I think, is – contributed to the decline of political discourse. Um, so I don't necessarily follow some of the more popular Facebook type sites um, uh, because I think, yeah, everybody's got an opinion um, about the stuff. I think what's even more disappointing is the credibility that others give to the people that express opinions, which in many cases they don't have accurate information Um but the problem is, is if we as city staff or even a public information officer tried to counter that, that, that would – you can't – I mean how many Facebook sites are there that you can think off the top of your head that are related to Palm Coast, Flagler County, City of Flagler Beach? Or You just can't defend or put the fingers in the dike in all of them. So in some ways, you just got to let it go um, and try to control your message and push it out um, as best you can so that if you want to know accurate – information about the city of Flagler Beach. We need to be the site where you go and we need to direct people to that site and just push the information out, not have a dialogue. If you want to have the dialogue about it, that's what the city commission meetings are, second and fourth Thursdays of every month. Um, but we need to be a credible source of information and be transparent and offer as much information out there as possible. Mm, that is so good. So do you feel today based on 
all the things that you've been able to accomplish, the different roles that you that you've had, do you feel that you are living up to your full potential at this moment? No, I think so. I th- I think I'm at a point in my career, um, like we're in the process of hiring a uh, executive assistant who just graduated uh, with a master of public administration from the University of Georgia. And she's indicated she wants to be a city manager. So I said, well, part of the evaluation, we're going to give you a psychological exam because who wants to do this job? Um, but I think it will be fun now to start to mentor and share things with the next generation, especially those that perhaps are underrepresented because, yes, realistically, city managers typically tend to be a white male dominated. That's been changing. Um, and I think a lot of the city managers now recognize that we need to diversify or at least offer opportunities for, for others that aren't as well represented because that, the responsibility is on us to train the people to go in front of city commissions and, and represent that. So I look forward to, to mentoring um, Catherine uh, when she starts um, later this month. Uh, so, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's time. You're at, at the point of the career where it's time to like, all right, let's – we're not on cruise control, definitely not on cruise control, but we're on the downhill slope and it's time to pass on and share some of the lessons that I've learned and encourage other people that this is a wonderful profession. It's tough. It's challenging. Thick skin required. Um, but yeah, you can have such a great role and excitement dealing with local communities. Mm, that is that is so good. So what was something that you believed about yourself early in life, something that you believed about yourself early in life that you discovered later wasn't true? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just a general concept that uh, everybody wants what's best for the organization. And I think that was, that was highlighted, I think, in my service with the military and actually getting out of the military. One of the things that I've shared with with some of my fellow veterans is, you know, what do you miss from the military? We all have the, the horror stories of, oh, my God, you know, the, the challenges we had is in when serving. Um, but there seemed to be a commonality of purpose. We all recognize that there is the commonality of protecting and defending this nation. And that was the overarching purpose for everybody. Getting out and reintegrating into the civilian world when there's personal and political agendas. Um, so yeah, you, not everybody has the best interest of the community as a whole at mind. And when you, yes, that was a naive thing on my part. Uh, but when you start to have to deal with that, um, that that makes life a challenge, but yes, it it most definitely does. If you had the opportunity, Dale, to sit down on a park bench with any person in particular, whether they're currently with us or no longer living, and you could ask that person one question and one question only. First, who would it be that you would want to sit down with? And secondly, what is the one question that you would ask? Uh. A common answer I think was common with a lot of people is Abraham Lincoln, just about – especially now when our nation is so divided, um, how how do you rebuild that that sense of nationhood and commonality that makes this country great? Um, I think we're severely lacking in that. I don't think social media is helping with that. I think it encourages the divisions. So, so how would Lincoln overcome these divisions that, that uh, threaten our country? That's a big question to ask and certainly one that I would love to hear the answer to as well. So thinking about questions, you know, we know that questions can 
really the the better the questions we can ask, the better results we can create, right? We can truly make some some life changing changes by asking better questions. So what are one or two big questions that you're contemplating or asking yourself these days? Could be anything, personally or professionally. One to two big questions. Going back to my daughters, what can I do to ensure a a good quality of life for my daughters and my grandson going forward? Um, You know, what role can I play? You know, I have one vote that I cast for Washington people and one vote that I have to cast for Tallahassee people. Um, so I can have the best influence on my local government. Unfortunately, only one daughter lives with me. Um, but yeah, what can I do? How can I ensure, not just for my daughters, but that generation? You know, are we setting that generation up for failure? What can we do to, to make sure that the next generation can, can cherish the life in this country that, that we have, um, as well? Um, the other questions is, is probably what's the, uh, the growing role of faith, you know, with, uh, what role does faith play? And, you know, I'm, uh, I just turned 60. Um, so I grew up in a, with a strong church presence in my family. Um, my children don't have that. So what is the role of faith in that generation? Or, and I think COVID didn't help because people didn't go to church or didn't congregate for communal purposes the way that we did before COVID. So how do we, how do we bring that sense of community back to not only starting at the small scale with family, but then institutions and then communities, whether it's businesses, churches, chambers of commerce, um, the Tiger Bay Club, you know, how do you, how do you start to use that and regenerate the momentum that, that, uh, that critical mass of brain power, of, of excitement, of motivation? How can we bring that back? Wow. Two, two really big questions to, to contemplate. I appreciate you sharing that. So what is something that would surprise us to learn about you? My uh, hidden vice is I collect and play board games. I've got about 600 board games. Wow. Um, they, I've got a board game for pretty much everything, whether you want to build trains or city building or economic civilization building. Um, so, yeah, I've, I used to have a small core game group. We'd get together every Friday night. And that was Friday night was set aside. Um, look forward to once I get settled here, I got my house closing in Fernandina Beach. So I look forward to establishing a permanent presence in Flagler Beach. And then we'll we'll figure out how to start a game night in the community, invite people to, hey, just a social thing, um, get together and have fun. My kids don't play video games. They, they were raised on board games because, yeah, you get to sit and laugh. And, yeah, you want to win. And the problem is I taught my kids too well because now they're pretty hard to beat. But it's a, it's a great social environment um, to share with, with others. Wow. That is, that is so cool. How long have you been collecting board games? It's been about 40 years. About 40 years. That's amazing. So as we're wrapping up our conversation today, Dale, I would love it if you would give all of us a challenge. What would you challenge me and all of our listeners to do? Uh, one of the books that I've been preaching about to everybody that I can uh, is a book called Your City is Sick. And it talks about how do we revitalize our communities. And I think Flagler Beach is set up for that challenge. Is uh, the, the premise of this author is 
There's not a parking problem. So the people that say there's parking problems, um, there's not a walking problem. There's a design problem and that we have as a society, especially America, we've designed everything around the damn car. And that is affecting our economic health, our family health, because now your families have the capability of moving farther away. So you don't see your family as much as uh, perhaps my grandparents did when you lived and worked, born, raised, died in the same county. Um, but now everybody, a car is not a luxury anymore. It's a necessity and it's an expensive necessity. So I would say read that book. I plan on buying a case and handing it out to as many people as I can. But what can you do? And, and the other premise for this gentleman is don't wait for other people to do things. Pick up the shovel. You know, do do what you need to do. Don't wait for other people because if you keep waiting and, and he talks about enough of the planning, stop planning and just do it. Start doing. Yeah, right. that's fantastic. Your city is sick. Right. Jeffrey Siegel is, is the name. And he actually has a Facebook site called Revitalize or Die, which sure. – takes a lot of excerpts from his book but yep that's the that's the tome that i'm pushing that is on my book order list i appreciate that and dale i want to thank you so very much for joining us today on business minds coffee chat i have really enjoyed this conversation getting to know you and i look forward to continuing the conversation with you thank you for just being open and transparent with us and allowing the conversation to go in multiple directions so i appreciate you i'm grateful for you thank you for the invitation look forward to learning more about this community and sharing more Absolutely. And for all of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat. We will be back next Saturday morning at 830. And until then, keep learning and growing and keep doing the work to reach your potential. Take care, everybody. 